Good morning. Uh, my name is Doug Roth, and I'm currently serving as the chairman of our Board of Elders here at Pulpit Rock Church. As you may have seen on social media or through email during this past week, our church family is experiencing a big change that will unfold over the next couple of months. We're beginning a leadership transition where Thomas Thompson is stepping down from his role as senior pastor and moving into a new pastoral role here at Pulpit Rock Church, and Jonathan Cleveland is stepping into the role of senior pastor. So this is not a normal Sunday service for us. Uh, today we want to invite you into a conversation about that transition. So whether you've been at Pulpit Rock for years or if this is the first time that you're joining us, whether you saw the communications earlier this week or if you're just hearing about it now, we're glad you're here. This morning, two of our elders, Gary and David, are sitting down at the table with Thomas and Jonathan. Uh, think of this as a family meeting, our, our church family, where we sit at the table and unpack some of what's happened over the last couple of months to bring us to where we are today. But before we start on that conversation, I'd like to ask you to join me in prayer. <coughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for the way you've had your hand in the midst of this entire process and how you've guided us each step of the way. We trust in you, and we seek only to follow your will in the leadership and direction of this church. We ask your blessing on the conversation today, as well as the ongoing transition over the next few months. In your son's name we pray. Amen. And now I'd like to formally introduce uh, Thomas Thompson, our senior pastor, Jonathan Cleveland, our executive pastor, David White, one of our elders who was actually the chair of the committee that hired Thomas over a decade ago, and Gary Cantwell, also an elder, who will be taking over as chairman of the Board of Elders as of tomorrow, when my term as the chairman ends. Gary? All right, thank you, Doug. The idea of this morning is that we've invited you into an elder discussion. You can't all come to our meetings every month, but uh, we wanted to create that feel a little bit. Normally, our table is not decorated this nice. It usually has Marco's Pizza and or Dickie's Barbecue on it, mm. uh, but we wanted to get you a feel of what it was like to walk through this process. So there's no pizza this morning? <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Pizza. Maybe after uh, for lunch. So uh, <laughs> let's just start. Thomas, tell us how God led you to this decision. Yeah, and I was going to say something uh, just to add on to that. Um, I know I see a number of you that look like you're visiting today, and you're probably thinking, oh, can I still make Woodman's service? When time does that start? Um, this is a great day to be here, I think. You're going to learn more about the heart of this church in the next 30 minutes than you would have with if I just got up and did some boring old sermon. So uh, it, this is a fun meeting. There was a fight in the last service. We threw a plate. So you don't even know what can happen. I would encourage you to stay. What was the question? <laughs> How did you feel God leading you oh, to this you. decision? Um, so one of the things that has uh, always been a, a real core value at this church is learning to listen to God. And, and how, how do we do that? We listen to him through his word. We listen to him through other people. I mean, just how is God speaking to this stuff? And for a number of years here, I've been here uh, like 11 years or so. And in my role as senior pastor, one of the things I've always listened for was, you know, hey, what's next? What's next? And I feel like God, his answer for the longest time has always been, well, Getting us healthy. Getting us healthy is what next. We, we want to be a church that's healthy spiritually, that's healthy emotionally, that's healthy financially, that's healthy foundationally, that's healthy relationally. And so for the last uh, decade or so, that's kind of been where I felt like God was driving a lot of my emphasis and focus was to do that. And so as we started kind of getting towards 2020, uh, which is coming up in a couple of years, uh, there was always something in my mind about that year. And I said, Jessica, we need to get the church healthy for 2020. And she said, well, what's happening in 2020? Who, who are you getting it healthy for? 
And I said, I don't know, maybe just future me, maybe Jonathan, maybe somebody else, but, but that's kind of what God's put on my plate. And so what's happened uh, over the last few months is I was looking at 2020, and there was kind of this fog, and it's been really weird. I've been looking ahead going, why can't I see what's next? Why can't I see what's next? And I always believe in a God that speaks to us. In fact, uh, one of my favorite passages is in Isaiah. I'm going to put that up on the screen for you. This is a time when God's people were a little confused about what's next. Uh, they were actually experiencing some captivity. And so in this moment, they, they, they really couldn't see what's next. It, it was almost like there was literally a wall around them. And God makes this promise to them. Therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you. Therefore, he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. So I started saying, okay, God, I, I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you to show me what's past this wall of fog. The next verse says, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, when you turn to the right or you turn to the left. And so I, I was praying this. I was waiting for God to announce some things to me and to tell me some things. And what I began to see was that the wall of fog that was in front of me, God told me, I'm the fog. I'm that wall of fog. I'm the reason you can't see past what's next here because your time here is being concluded as the senior leader. And I'm not going to show you what the next step is. I'm not going to move that fog away until you step into it. Uh, and that, that is a little step of faith. It's a big step of faith. I don't do great with steps of faith. Um, I do great with planning out calendars months in advance. And so at 48 years old, I have God say, I've got something new to teach you about following me. Uh, that's been a new thing. So that's kind of the, the thing that led me to this point was hearing God say, I want you to take the next step of faith. And that step was to step down. And one thing I want to be clear about, just so everybody hears it from the elders, that's the whole story. Uh, there wasn't uh, elders talking to Thomas about moving on. There were no leadership problems, no misbehavior, uh, um, <laughs> No fireable misbehavior. That's let's important. Say. Yeah, that's an important <laughs> distinction. But uh, this, we really just believe God has been uh, calling Thomas in a new way, and, and we honor and respect that. Yeah. So, Jonathan, how did you feel when uh, Thomas started sharing with you that he was thinking about stepping down? Yeah, I, I mean, I was privileged as a friend of his to hear a, a little bit earlier, a couple months ago, and. Uh, to be totally honest, I was just kind of heartbroken. Uh, I mean, honestly, I, uh, one of the great joys of my life has been uh, my friendship with Thomas and serving with him and having him as my pastor has just been one of those things that God has used in my life probably more than any other person outside of my wife and my family. Um, and so I... I, I was a little heartbroken, and there was a part of me that, uh, you know, I, I kind of said internally, nope. Um, I didn't say that to him, but I kind of launched into, well, this is a problem to fix. And I started proposing ideas, and what if we did this, and what about this? Would that make you stay? And um, I was very focused on kind of what I was losing and that sort of thing. And at some point, um, God kind of got a hold of my heart, and he said, what are you doing here? Um, and 
I slowed down a little bit and started really listening to what Thomas was describing and to kind of this journey that he has been on. And I realized that, hey, when God is talking to somebody, what I love about him is he always has the courage to kind of lean into it and be honest about what God is saying, even if he doesn't know the conclusion like he didn't with this, that there was that fog there. Um, I love that, and what God, I felt like, said to me is, hey, when somebody is doing that, you've got you've to be there for them. That's not a problem to fix. It's not about you. It's, you know, you've got to support this. And so, I, I, as I listened to him, really became convinced that, indeed, God was leading him to something, and we kind of, neither of us knew at that point, but I just uh, realized that as his friend, I wanted to be in his corner listening to God with him on that. So, yeah. So, I was against it. But eventually God won out, I guess. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, so Jonathan and I began sharing some, and we knew we had to bring it to the elders. So the elders are my boss. And so I don't know if you've ever had to walk into your boss's office and say, hey, I, I think, you know, I, I might be in a transition, and you don't know how they're going to react. But uh, it, 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 took, it took a number of meetings. And Gary, I don't know, how, what was it like from you guys' perspective? Well, one of the things that um, Thomas has set an example for in his leadership is being a very open and transparent leader. And so as he was feeling the fog, he would share with us, you know, I've, I've got this fog going on. I, I'm not sure what God's saying, but I'm, I'm listening. And so we had the privilege of praying with you and walking with you through part of this process as Jonathan did. But when the, uh, the decision came to you that you felt God leading you to step out of this role, we were surprised. But we really honored and respected his close relationship with Christ. We respected that he was following the leadership of the Spirit. And we also knew that he was looking for what was best for Pulpit Rock Church. He wasn't just doing something for himself, but he was very concerned about making sure that uh, he was doing what was right for Pulpit Rock Church. We've really loved and been honored to work with Thomas over the past few years, or I have as an elder. Uh, we've been blessed by his leadership. We'll deeply miss serving closely with Thomas uh, as we move on. In fact, as I was reflecting on how we appreciate Thomas's leadership, a uh, verse came to my mind from 1 Timothy 5.17. Paul writes, uh, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. Mm -hmm. And at Pulper Rock, the senior pastor is an elder, so he's one of us. And that verse uh, really describes how we feel about Thomas's leadership, that it's been a blessing, but we really trust that you're following God on this next step in your journey. Mm -hmm. So just for timeline's sake, it was, that was about mid-May that there was a meeting with all of us, and it was kind of the realization, okay, he's, he is stepping out into something else. And in that moment, uh, the way that we're kind of organized as a church, there's a shift. The elders are always kind of steering uh, the direction of this church, but that, there's a real shift there where the elders have to make some decisions about what comes next. David, talk to us some about that process and just what happened from there. Well, for over 20 years now, Pulpit Rock Church has been an elder-governed church, but it wasn't always that way. In fact, it started as a congregational-governed church, which means whenever there's a big issue on, all the members of the church get together in a business meeting and take a vote on what's going to happen. Uh, but the last vote the congregation took was to switch to an elder-governed church, where there would be a board of elders who are responsible for the church's mission and ministry and property decisions. 
And so uh, we made that switch uh, about 20 years ago, a little over 20 years ago. And the hiring of the senior pastor falls under that umbrella. So it's uh, once we have a senior pastor announce he's leaving, then it, it falls to the board to decide uh, who's going to be the next senior pastor. So when Thomas came to us with his resignation to the elders officially, uh, he also brought with us a very strong recommendation that we consider Jonathan as the next senior pastor. So Thomas, tell us a little bit about why you gave that recommendation to us. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I, I've, Jonathan and I have gotten to work together for 11 years, 12 years. Uh, Ten of them were really happy years. Uh, <laughs> when Jonathan and I first started working together, we really clashed a lot. And it, there was a lot of, of, of moment where I was like, I don't know if we're going to be able to work together. And what I didn't know at the time, uh, and this is just a, a good a good word sometimes when you have somebody that you're challenged to work with, was that God was actually forging a deep friendship and deep trust. And uh, there's no man on this planet I trust more than Jonathan. And so um, as I began looking at kind of my tenure and what God had done with me, I realized, I mean, I don't have that vision past uh, 2020 because my vision really was about what God was calling me to, to do to help this church be healthy. But God is calling someone else to take this church forward. And Jonathan's a man who thinks forward. Uh, he's been serving here for years, uh, and it's kind of funny. We actually had lunch this week with this couple, and they hadn't read their email yet. And so at the end of the lunch, this guy looks over at Jonathan, and he says, I, I hope I'm okay saying this in front of Thomas, but uh, have you ever considered being a senior pastor? Because I don't want to overspeak, but I just think you might be really good at that. And so that was kind of a uh, funny moment. But... Um, uh, I've seen him lead. In fact, uh, I think for many of you, you've seen him lead. You know, he's, he's taught. Uh, we often get emails and things that are addressed to Thomas and Jonathan. Like people think that we're leading the same. Uh, there was a movement a few years ago to try to get Thomathan started as a, as a phrase, and it failed. So um, we, we voted against it. The right. elders. I won't tell you the other alternative. Um, and, and so you've gotten to see him lead in some different ways, and it's been my joy over the last several years just to kind of watch in some powerful ways that he's led with our staff and with people in our congregation. And I have thought for years uh, that he would be great in a senior role, and he's, he's been doing that. And so when I went to the elders and I said, hey, this is my recommendation, it's your, it's your call, but um, I'd ask you to consider this. If you like the direction of this church, if you think the vision of this church is on point, if you see what God's been doing the last 10 years and how he's been calling us more and more into the city and stepping us more and more into being this uh, spiritual home for people who can't find one, if you like the direction, stick with the man. You got him. This is the guy. If, however, you get together and you pray and you think, I think our church is off course and we need to go in a different direction or we need to look at something else, we need to correct, then I would definitely go and pursue somebody outside of that. And I am so thrilled... Uh, that they took my recommendation. I'm always thrilled anytime someone takes my recommendation. But this time, I really, really couldn't do it any more strongly. I'm so happy for it. So, Jonathan, what was going through your mind when you heard that Thomas was recommending you to be senior pastor? Yeah, that, you know, th this happened kind of quickly. And, I, you know, as I said, was initially focused on kind of the loss part of this. And so I was maybe a little slow to warm to the idea. If you know me well, you know that I've never really sought out this role of senior pastor. That's uh, something that 
uh, kind of climbing the ladder, the church ladder, has never really appealed to me. In ministry, what motivates me, what's motivated uh, Becky and I, has always been just pursuing the things that matter with people that we love. And both parts of that are really important, that we could pursue and find something that's worth giving your life to, but also to do it with friends and family and people that you love. Um, that is the dream. And I felt like, well, I'm already doing that until uh, Thomas started listening to God here and screwed it up. Um, <laughs> but as I kind of wrap my head around that, and we really started leaning into, well, is, is this a next step for us? My first thought was, well, I, I want to make sure the elders are not in a bad position. And I said, hey, whatever direction you all go, um, I will support that. But we, we really started thinking about those two parts of just what we feel like our call is. And the first thing was really obvious. We love this church. We've been here for 15 years, and initially when we came here, I, I don't know if you know that story, it was just kind of a, hey, we'll be there for a couple of years, then we'll move on to some other church. Um, and our hearts just fell in love with this place, with these people, um, that uh, this staff team that we have, these elders. Uh, there's just something about this place. It has been for us a spiritual home that we've never found. Hmm. Uh, anywhere else. And and so there's something about this place that we just love. And I don't think I would accept this sort of a role in any other context outside of this one, just because I, I, I love this place so much. Um, and the other part of that, though, is, is pursuing the things that matter to God and the direction that this church is headed in. I couldn't be more excited uh, than I am today about just the direction of this church. I've seen over the years, this is a church that lives with kind of this courage to follow Jesus wherever he leads. And that has led us at times to rethink long-held assumptions. That's led us to be willing to invite people to the table that maybe we wouldn't normally be willing to invite to the table. That, that's helped us to create a spiritual home for people who've been looking, that, looking for that their whole life and have never found it. And there's something about that direction. There's something about that desire to follow Jesus, whatever the cost that I see here, that that to me is worth giving my life to. Um, so when I initially heard kind of that, that was what Thomas wanted, or he told me that before uh, he told you guys. But um, I, there was kind of that sadness to it, but real quickly that was followed. God kind of created just this excitement to, to be a part of whatever's next here at this church. Yeah. So. That's my recommendation. That was my recommendation, Gary, what he just said. And I brought that to you guys. Mm -hmm. And I said, this is the guy I would hope you would consider him and um, maybe talk about that process. What did you guys do with that? Sure. So as an elder board, we're used to making decisions with Thomas. But then when he handed us his resignation with a recommendation, he was kind of out of the room. And we said, okay, we've got to decide where we go. His comment about if, if you feel comfortable with the way God is leading the church, then stick with an internal candidate like Jonathan made a lot of sense to us. If we wanted to do something different and go in a different direction, then we might consider somebody outside. So we thought through our process. We thought, well, we could select Jonathan as a senior pastor. We could open a broader search for someone outside, or we could um, appoint somebody as an interim and kind of think through it a little more. And as we thought through that, we thought, well, the first thing to do is to interview Jonathan and see if we believe God might, uh, might be leading him to be the one. And we also believed we were comfortable that God was leading the church in the right direction as it has been. So we took some time to interview Jonathan, hear his perspective of where we are as a church, hear his vision for how God 
uh, has been inspiring him about the future of the church and some things that he may do the same or differently. So we called him in and uh, had a really great time of hearing his passion and seeing his vision uh, about uh, where God was leading him. And as we discussed that, we kind of had sort of a mind-heart-spirit process. And uh, mentally, we were thinking, okay, let's, let's consider his vision. Let's uh, consider the suitability of Jonathan for the senior pastor role from several different perspectives. In our heart, we reflected on the ministry that Jonathan has had here over the last 15 years, and we went around the table, and many of the elders had things to share about how Jonathan had ministered to them personally, to their families over the years. And so we kind of thought, gosh, you're going to learn more about somebody in 15 years as a pastor than you're going to learn from a resume huh. or an interview or anything else. And so that, that was a big part of how God was teaching us. And then... Um, after that discussion, we spent some time just uh, in silent meditation, thinking about uh, what God, how God was speaking to each of us. And in our time of prayer, we just really felt comfortable that God was leading us to Jonathan as the senior pastor. There was a verse that came to my mind, uh, again, from 1 Timothy, Paul writes regarding the qualifications of deacons. In uh, 1 Timothy 3.10, he says, let them be tested first and let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. And I, I'm not sure if blameless is the word we use to describe Jonathan, but uh, faithfulness certainly is, that we have seen Jonathan be faithful in his service. We've seen uh, him provide leadership that has inspired people to follow God more closely. And so as we prayed, we just felt that it was clear to the Holy Spirit and to us that Jonathan was our next senior pastor. So it's interesting that uh, this kind of internal transition is not unusual at Pulpit Rock Church. David's been around through a few of these uh, pastoral transitions. Tell us a little bit about how we've done this in the past. Well, <clears throat> I was a rookie elder less than six months on the job when Armin Sommer, who was senior pastor of this church then, announced the elders that he wanted to return to a church in New Jersey that he'd come from. and. Uh, uh, that was back in January 2007, over 12 years ago. The elders discerned a tremendous leadership ability from the then executive pastor, whose name was Mark Tuggle. Uh, but Mark informed the elders that if he was going to be the choice for the senior pastor, that because his spiritual giftedness was not in preaching or teaching, that we would need to hire someone else to fill the pulpit for most Sundays. And so we decided after a long decision process of, uh, we would go ahead and make that decision and hire someone to be a teaching pastor. And I was asked to head up a nine-person team to make a recommendation for who we ought to uh, hire uh, as a teaching pastor. Those nine people consisted of three elders, three pastoral staff members from Pulpit Rock Church, and three members of Pulpit Rock Church at large. I remember asking all the people of Pulpit Rock Church to as we launched out into this process to please pray for us to discern God's will. Uh, I wasn't interested in what our human wisdom among these nine people, as great as that team was, uh, what, that wasn't going to be good enough to come up with our best estimate as we wanted who what God wanted for this job. So the team got underway, sorting through more than a hundred uh, applications and resumes, and if a candidate looked promising to us, we would ask him to send a DVD of a sermon he had preached. So all nine of us watched dozens and dozens of sermons, sometimes 20, 25 sermons a week. And you think one on Sunday is bad. Mm. 
as we talked over the pros and cons, and by the way, some of them were really bad. Oh, I guess I should confess. After a while, we gave permission that you didn't have to watch more than five minutes if you got that far in it and decided, ah, this is a clear no. That sounds like a good new rule at Pulpit Rock. <laughs> After five minutes. But I began to realize how impossible this task was without the Holy Spirit's leadership. And just to give you one small example, I told you there's three elders, two other elders besides myself on this team. One elder, uh, his most important thing was a good seminary education from a candidate. The other elder was absolutely convinced that nothing could ruin a man for ministry more than sitting through a seminary class. <laughs> that it would take away his love of God's word and God's people and uh, ministry. And in some ways, they both were right. Uh, but eventually, I, I am convinced that God led us to the right person. The search team eventually narrowed the field of hundreds of applicants down to the final two. And if you're thinking Thomas Thompson was on the final two, you'd be right. And if you thought we offered the job to Thomas Thompson, you'd be wrong. We offered the job to the other guy. I mean, it was neck and neck, and we really couldn't decide, but we de uh, uh, the decision was made, we'll offer it to the other guy. But even in that, I saw God's hand in stopping us from making a mistake. He turned us down, and so then we went to Thomas and got back on the guy's plan for us all along, was that God had him as the man he wants to be here. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's funny, there was a, <clears throat> a guy that was around during that time who knew that story and, and never failed to remind me that I was always number two. <laughs> he's like, you know, you were number two. You know, you weren't the first choice. You know, you were number two. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's not here anymore. But. <laughs> Well, I am absolutely convinced that Thomas was the man God wanted teaching his word to Pulpit Rock Church when we hired him 12 years ago. And I'm absolutely convinced after 12 years of sit sitting under his sermons and having my wife's input and input from all of you that God has spoken through him and uh, done tremendous things through him. And I'm absolutely convinced that Thomas will continue to be God's man to bring us God's word as we go into this fall, he's doing a sermon series on Mark after he finishes up the current one and uh, on into the year 2020. I'm absolutely convinced that 11 years ago, going back in time, after a year or so after Thomas had been our teaching pastor, that God led Mark Tuggle to come to the elders and tell us, hey, I think you ought to move me back into the executive pastor position and hire Thomas Thompson as the next senior pastor of Pulpit Rock Church. And I'm absolutely convinced that we were following God's will when we followed that recommendation of Mark's. I'm absolutely convinced that Thomas's leadership as senior pastor of this church was tremendously enhanced by that honeymoon period he had of being leading pastor without the extra responsibilities and burdens of being a senior pastor that got him off to a good start. God had planned that all along, and he knew what he was doing. And I'm absolutely convinced that Thomas's serving as senior pastor for the past decade was an integral part in the healing and spiritual growth that only the Holy Spirit could bring to the people and to the staff of Pulpit Rock Church. So in short, I'm absolutely convinced that God was actively involved in each and every step of Pulpit Rock's transitions through this past 12 and 13 years, and he continues to be even in this transition. And today I'm absolutely convinced that Thomas has heard the Holy Spirit's voice. And it was, listening, it was his listening to that voice that set into motion the series of events that have led the elders to decide 
that Jonathan Cleveland is going to be God's man to lead us as senior pastor into the foreseeable future. But I want to testify to one final ironic twist I see in God's leading in through all of us. Twelve years ago, back when Armin Summers uh, resigned, there was a movement among the staff and a few of the members of the people of Pulpit Rock Church to try to uh, help us avoid this lengthy search process that we're going to be engaged in. And then if we were going to hire another senior pastor, they said, don't go through a search process, just hire Jonathan Cleveland. Well, in hindsight, I think maybe they had more insight into his giftedness and abilities, but I'm also absolutely convinced that the last 12 years of Jonathan and Thomas serving together and with one another has absolutely prepared Jonathan to be our leader for Pulpit Rock Church into the years ahead. Now, one thing that we talk about often at Pulpit Rock Church is that we try, to, we try to follow God closely, and sometimes that leads us to do things a little differently than some other places do things. And one of the different things in this case is that we have a senior pastor who's leaving but sticking around. That's pretty unusual. It doesn't often happen in a church that the senior pastor stays on staff. So Jonathan, when Thomas expressed this uh, desire to you that he would love to stick around on staff, how did you process that? Yeah, I, well, first let me just say, I'm so glad that you all didn't listen to those people 12 years ago. I mean, I, I would have missed out on uh, just one of the greatest friendships of my life and uh, someone God has used tremendously in my life. And um, as we started talking about kind of the future for Pulpit Rock, one of the things that I'm convinced of is that an area of growth for us as a church is this area of discipleship. Um, there's so many things that we do well. We're very outwardly focused. We're courageously out there in the world and in the city uh, doing uh, things with God. We're community focused in terms of the relationships that we have here, but I think we have some room to grow in the area of just equipping people to walk with Jesus day by day for a lifetime. And that's something I'm real passionate about. That's a foundational thing that every church needs to succeed at. And we call that area spiritual formation. It's just that reality of Christ being formed in us. Um, and as I've gotten to know Thomas over these last few years, uh, gosh, I, there is no one. Uh, he's just at the top of my list when it comes to helping us figure out uh, how to step forward into areas of discipleship and formation as a church. And so I was super eager to just talk to him about that and see if there was maybe some opportunities for him to stay. I knew he wanted to have this uh, partnership with some city things that, that God was leading him to. But I, I was really excited to just explore, is there a possibility that we could do a little bit of both? And that was just the, the best of both worlds in my mind, that we could still benefit from his leadership, uh, that he could still invest in our community, but we could also set him up to step out into whatever it is that God's doing next. Uh, for me, that was literally the easiest yes that I've ever given. I mean, that, that's the dream. Um, is to be able to continue working with him and benefit from his leadership. So um, that's kind of what we explored, and we kind of have come up with this dual role for him that I'm really excited about. So, Tom, tell us about this dual role, the two things, and tell us what a pastor of spiritual formation does. Yeah, it's kind of like a, when a Jedi has attained a certain level of study <laughs> and discipline, they begin to... Uh, you know, what I'm really excited about is this. I, for the last 10 years, God's kind of been honing... Uh, some passion in my heart towards really around two things. One is helping people journey with God. We talk about that a lot. 
And really, uh, a spiritual formation might be a new phrase, newer phrase, but it's that same principle of helping people journey with God, helping people uh, get to where God wants them to go. What is that next step for them? Where are they going? And um, that's, there's a momentum to that. There's a movement to that. And so part of my job is going to be wearing that hat of trying to figure out, uh, help our church figure out, how do we spiritually form people? Outside of sermons, outside of some more passive ways, but ways where people are really taking uh, an active role in their own spiritual growth and journey. So you're not just a bystander. And one of the verses that drives this for us is Colossians chapter 1, uh, verse 28. We've talked about this for a while. Um, that when we think about what the goal is of spiritual formation, is that we may present everyone fully mature, what? In Say it again. In Christ. Where we miss that sometimes is we think that we're supposed to make people spiritually mature or that we're supposed to just help people grow. And, and what the focus Paul is giving us is, no, 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 we're not interested in just general spiritual growth. We are interested in the question, are we helping people become more like Christ? To think more like Christ? To care about things the way that Christ does? To love more like Christ? To be able to speak more like Christ? These are, this is spiritual formation. And so, um, a lot of what I'll be doing is helping us figure some of that out. Uh, spiritual information, spiritual formation includes how we use the Bible in our lives. What role does it play? Um, yeah, spiritual formation centers around a lot of practices. So what are the spiritual practices we do? Because it's not just sitting and hearing, it's doing. How do we do the Word? And then there's also a big piece, as we have been seeing this summer in our Table Manor series, that um, understanding how God has created us is a necessary part of spiritual formation. If you don't understand who you are, it's hard for you to go to where God wants you to be. And so there's going to be a lot of that. That's going to be a big focus for me. Uh, I'm real excited this fall. We're going to be uh, part of our spiritual formation is we're going to take our entire church through the book of Mark. But alongside of that, not just a sermon series, but there's going to be some really neat opportunities for us to say, we're not going to just read Mark, we're going to live it, we're going to do it. So that'll, that's coming, I'm going to talk about that later. A second uh, hat that I'm going to wear is with an organization in our city called Cause I Love You. Um, you might be familiar with them if you've been at Pulpit Rock for any sense of time, uh, because this second passion for me concerns the flourishing of the city. I really feel that Jeremiah 29 is giving us a map as followers of God towards the kind of ways that we ought to treat the cities in which we live. We should care about their flourishing. And so Cuz I Love You is a gospel city movement that was founded a number of years ago. Pulpit was a big part of helping get that started. We were around when that got going. And uh, what it is, is it, it tries to ignite and unite the Church of Colorado Springs to seek the flourishing of the city. And uh, practically what that means that I'll be spending a lot of my time doing is getting in my car, driving out to meet with pastors all over our city, meeting with uh, civic and business uh, ventures to try to pull us together on some projects. One project you would have seen um, that was a big part of something here a few years ago was the next step in the Springs Rescue Mission. So our church was a part of that. We, we helped rally churches together to get to do that. And, one of my favorite times in the last 10 years was getting to stand on the grounds of Springs Rescue Mission representing you wearing a hard hat. I've always wanted to wear a hard hat. And I was wearing a hard hat. They made me give it back at the end. They were like, hey, bring that back. I was like, oh yeah. But holding a shovel, posing with some other leaders in our city and realizing, man, we came together and God did this. 
and our city's better off for it. So I want to be uh, working on some stuff with homelessness and some issues along with uh, at-risk youth and school partnerships, but just something that's important to me. I care about this city, and I want to dig in for a while. So those are kind of the two roles I'll be having, and some days of the week I'll be wearing the, the Pulp Rock pastor hat of spiritual formation, and some days I'll be wearing the Cuz I Love You nonprofit flourishing of the city hat. And I'll be trying to find some ways for us to bring that together even. So as we sit here this morning, Thomas Thompson is still our senior <coughs> pastor. Jonathan Cleveland is our executive pastor. But the way we worded all our decisions officially, that at the stroke of midnight, Thomas Thompson becomes our pastor's transformation, spiritual transformation, and Jonathan Cleveland becomes our senior pastor. If you want to call them up at 1201 and congratulate them, you have my permission to do that. That's right. But Thomas, can you tell us about what the transition is going to look like for the next couple of months? Well, don't, don't call me today because I'm going to be busy today uh, writing a lot of pardons as my last day in office. And so uh, I just feel like I need to get a lot of that done. If you need to get pardoned for anything at all, anything, my pen is flowing today. I'm going to sign this for you. Um, I don't know, know transition-wise um, over the next couple months that a lot will feel initially different to most people here, most, probably mostly our staff and the way that we operate. But you'll, you'll still see us we're going in the same direction. I mean, this is, again, why our elders said we want to go with Jonathan. Um, but I do think over the next couple months we'll be um, just trying to answer some questions uh, internally, and so we also want to answer questions that you may have. Um, I, don't, I hope you've gotten a chance to go online and read the three blogs from our elders, from me and from Jonathan. If you haven't, please do that. Uh, there's a place for you to ask questions. Um, and we'd be happy to try to answer those and figure out how to do that. Um, I do just want to say this real quick before I hand it back over. Um, someone told me not to say this. So I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, I, don't ever, I don't ever want to be a senior pastor at any other church than Pulpit Rock. I would never want to do that. And the person told me not to say that because they said, you're closing options for yourself. And I'm, no, I'm closed the option. If I wanted to stay as a senior pastor, if God was saying, keep being a senior pastor, it would be here. But he's saying, you're done with that. And I have new things for you, and I have new men in place, and I'm ready to go. Um, it's a little grievy for me because um, you've been so gracious to me. This was the first church I was ever the senior pastor of. It'll be the last church I was ever the senior pastor of. And you've been very gracious and kind uh, to all of my knuckleheadedness uh, over the years. Thank you for, for leading and following. And I hope that you uh, take that same grace and just keep rolling it this way towards our leaders. And I hope you've seen today uh, we have men and women at this church worth following. And it's a great place here. So over the next couple months, uh, we'll be answering some questions, and I'll still be preaching and uh, when I'm allowed to, uh, probably with a tighter rein than I've been had before. Uh, Just but, on the jokes. Yeah, I, I know. You've got a lot of jokes oh, today. That's I, good. Yeah. We love you guys, and thank you for letting us uh, kind of walk through some of this with you. Well, Jonathan, as the new senior pastor, we'll give you the final word this morning. Tell us a little bit about the vision that you feel God's given you for the next few years at Pulpit Rock Church. Yeah, thanks, Gary. Uh, 
a couple of things real quick. I, we hope this is the start of a conversation, um, it, hopefully a conversation that will last for months and years to come. Uh, a pastor is a role in the church, but we are all the church, and each one of us has a role in the church, and a uh, pastor is just one of those. So uh, we want this to be a church that engages with each other and that talks about these things, and so we want to invite that over these next few uh, weeks and months. Um, when the board asked me to step into this role, they used a phrase that I love. They said, it seems right to us and the Holy Spirit that you should lead the people of Pulpit Rock. And I, I love that first part. It seems right to us and the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you know where that comes from. It comes right out of the Bible in Acts chapter 15. It's one of my favorite moments in the book of Acts. It's in the early church. Uh, and the apostles kind of gathered together this council to settle a debate and to decide an issue. What was happening was, is the gospel kind of was unleashed on the world. A whole lot of Gentile believers started putting faith in Christ, and they started following Jesus. And uh, they, everyone looked around and said, is this okay? This used to be kind of just a Jewish thing, but now all these Gentiles are doing it. And there was an argument that started over how much the Gentiles should have to follow the Jewish customs and the Jewish signs of the covenant with God. And so the apostles, those who walked with Jesus, who were his disciples, they got together and they formed this council in Jerusalem where they said, we're going to settle this issue for all the churches for all time. Um, and James, the, the brother of Jesus, he said this, he has is this bold statement. He says, we should not make it too difficult for people who are seeking to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. And they together penned this letter and they said in the letter that phrase, it seems right to us in the Holy Spirit that we not overly burden you with these requirements. And I love that moment because these were the men who saw Jesus face to face. These were the men who knew Jesus in a way that none of us do. These were the men that remembered what his voice sounded like. And there was this moment where they had a, a decision to make. Do we add stuff to this following of Jesus or do we just keep it simple? And they decided it is Jesus. It is just Jesus. That is all it's going to be. We're not going to add hoops for people to jump yeah. through. If they want to follow Jesus, we're going to welcome them in as brothers and sisters. And kind of using our table metaphor that's so important to us, it's as if like they pulled the table apart and they got an extra leaf and they put it in the table and they said, hey, now there's more room. And they pulled up more chairs and they invited the entire Gentile world to sit down with them at the table of their king and follow Jesus together. I love that moment, and I love that decision because I think it was a decision that only those who saw Jesus face-to-face -face could have made because it's so aligned with his heart and with who he is. Um, church is going to be about Jesus. If you're interested in that, you can sit with us. I've observed this for the last 15 years, but I've heard it's been true for the last 70 at Pulpit Rock. This is a church that is obsessed with following Jesus. That is what it's been about, is having the courage to follow him wherever he might lead. He has claimed us as his. He has given us this new identity. He has welcomed us to his table. He has saved a seat for us. And what I love about this place is Pulpit Rock has always been kind of a leaf-adding sort of church. 
right? We've always been the sort of church that has said, not only have we been welcomed, but we are eager to welcome other people who have never felt like they've had a seat at the table. And we're not going to add hoops, and we're not going to raise the bar too high. If they're interested in Jesus, they can sit with us, and we can learn together. That's how my family has been welcomed here. We found a home here uh, at this table at Pulpit Rock that, that we've never found anywhere else. And I know so many of you have, and that is the dream, is that we could follow Jesus together and that we could be constantly adding seats to this table. That's what this church has always been about, and that's what this church is going to continue to be about, regardless of who's leading her. So I, I thought, uh, with that said, it would be great today to kind of come to the table of our King and to celebrate communion together. I've asked uh, our, pa our Generations Pastor Susie Bates to lead us in this moment. Susie, would you lead us at the table? Yes, uh, before we close though, I just want to point out how blessed we are by this board of elders. Uh, David, Gary, Doug, and the rest of the elders that were on stage today these men care deeply about this community of faith, and I have seen them carefully seek God's leading at every turn. Um, so thank you for your leadership. We benefit so much from it. And if I could speak on behalf of the rest of the staff at our church, who you haven't heard from yet this morning, um, we're a really tight-knit team. We care a lot about each other. We care a lot about what we're doing here and following God. Um, the level of the love and trust that we have for these two leaders of ours, Thomas and Jonathan, it runs so deep. We believe in where we have been and we believe in where we are going. Um, and we want you guys to know that. So thank you all for being up here and sharing your hearts with us and sharing this journey. It does seem fitting that we close um, this morning at the table. The table is an important place for our church. You know, the things around, uh, around us can change and shift. There's one thing that never changes, and that's Christ's invitation to the table. It's because of Jesus that we each have a seat here. And in fact, the original communion table was held amidst a pretty big leadership transition. As Jesus made his way to the cross, he handed off the leadership baton to the disciples. And so let's come together this morning at the table as a family. Um, if you would, please come and, and take the elements back to your seat with you. Um, everything on this floor is up here at this big table. There's gluten-free on the sides, and there's tables upstairs in the balcony. But come and, and take the elements with you back to your seat, and we'll give everyone a chance to get back to their seat, and then we'll take communion together as a family. So please come. The table is open.